What's up, Wellness Warriors? You have found yourself on Unconventional Wellness Radio, and I am your host, Frank Ritz. I'm a physician assistant with 10 years of experience in both medicine as well as alternative therapies to help you get the holistic health care that you've always wanted. You know, over the past 10 years, I've had the opportunity to learn what I now deem as the five pillars of unconventional wellness, and they are nutrition, movement, getting better sleep, reducing your stress and anxiety, and being able to remove toxins from your living environment. And through these five pillars, I myself have been able to be a product of the product, and I want to share with you both my personal testimony and the research that is starting to come out regarding a lot of these things that we look at in preventative medicine. So hear from experts and all the individuals that I've had the pleasure of working with throughout the years in unconventional wellness. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Happy Monday and welcome to Unconventional Wellness Radio. I am Frank, your host. I'm a certified physician assistant over the last 10 years and your guide also on how you can become well using my five pillars of unconventional wellness. Well, I figured for this week I would go ahead and slow it down a little bit and give you a rebroadcast from a couple of really good friends over at another podcast. That podcast is called Renewed People, and it's a great podcast between three guys, one of which is my brother-in-law, who I will be interviewing for next week's podcast uh, about his podcast and Renewed People and the direction that they are doing all of those great things that they are doing for God and and for each other, and uh, and anyway, they asked me to be on their program, and I have the audio from that program, and normally I get this thing started with, you know, hype music and all of that, but I just wanted to bring it down and, you know, just realize how impactful what was said during that night, and I just want to leave it out here for you, so sit back, relax, I'm going to do this in two parts, part one will be this week, I'll release part two next week, of course, also talking with my brother-in-law, Jimmy, but sit back, relax, and really pull out as much as you possibly can and realize that you do, in fact, actually have hope beyond your insecurities because that's what this entire uh, article, or excuse me, that's what this entire podcast was all about. So how do you overcome insecurities? So sit back, relax, enjoy. Have a wonderful week, and we'll talk to you again very soon on our next podcast. What is good, family? We are here once again. Uh, it's your boy, Jimmy D. We are Renewed People Podcast, and to my right, I have the one, the only, the prophetic one, Eli Mercado. That intro always scares me. <laughs> Sorry. You never know what he's going to say. And then directly across <laughs> from me, we got DJ J-E-S-S. <laughs> we should have had that cue. That would have been great. I can add it with that. I think that my impersonation of it is can you do that? <laughs> That's awesome. You're Anyways, getting, you're getting better at this intro. I'm trying, bro. dude. I, I, I want to like bring it. you guys in the right way, right? I like it. I like it. So we have a very important topic that we're going to discuss tonight, and tonight we actually have a special guest. Yes, we do. Um, uh, this guy is uh, super close to me. Um, uh, I have known him now for what have we known each other? Twelve, twelve years. 12 years. 
Um, he is actually related to me now uh, because he is my sister, who you guys remember from, I think, the second or third podcast, second podcast. Second, yep. Uh, Jackie Ritz. Uh, tonight we have with us Frank Ritz. So, Frank, thank you for joining us, man. Absolutely. Welcome. Yeah, welcome. My absolute pleasure. Thank you. So, what we're going to talk about tonight... Um, so as you guys kind of have heard us uh, tell you our process before in the past, we were kind of just shooting ideas around this week. And uh, one of the ideas that was given to us actually um, was overcoming insecurities. And as soon as Jackie said it, we were all like, oh, yeah, we definitely need to do that. Absolutely. Right. So then um, uh, Frank and my sister and uh, my niece and my nephew are in town uh, this week. And uh, we were sitting in the kitchen uh, talking about uh, uh, talking about our podcast and whatnot. And um, Frank just happened to mention uh, that he's got a story he wants to share with us about overcoming insecurities. So it just, you know, the way God does God. Yeah, mind you, he didn't know that that was our next topic. Correct. When he mentioned it. Yep, That's we, kind we of had, crazy, though. Yeah, we didn't mention the topic. we had it written and everything. Yep. Yep, we had already written God is it. We, perfect. And yep. it was funny because we were actually going to record this one last week, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we didn't have, we weren't sure about, like, what content do we, let's, Something was let, missing. let's just sit yeah. on this one for a yeah. little bit. I remember us saying to each other, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, now we know why. Yep. So, Frank, um, tell us a little bit about your story. Tell us a little bit about maybe uh, an insecurity that, that, that you hold dear to you that you had to figure out how to overcome. So, first of all, thank you. I'll make sure that you uh, – we'll, we'll give you a payment later for that really great introduction. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Really, very you sweet of you. You better. Very sweet of you. You know you're only saying that because we're being recorded. <laughs> but, uh, um, uh, you know, I, I almost I almost want to say what I normally say, which is, uh, hi, I'm Frank. I'm a porn addict. And the reason why is because I just want to make sure that no matter what, that that always comes to the forefront and that I understand that I never want to feel like I've overcome anything. Because quite honestly, that is where I kept falling into those pits of insecurity is that I had that feeling of like, oh, I got this. I can handle it. And my pride would take over. And of course, every single time that I did that, I would just be reminded in a very often blunt way exactly how I really can't do it myself. That's good. Yeah. So um, let's see. So my my battle with insecurity has actually been the vast majority of my life. I'm now 41 years old. And quite honestly, I've been dealing with it for at least the past 30 plus years, probably, wow. probably three solid decades of it. And the way that I buried my insecurity was my compulsions. I was, uh, always feeding the need for anxiety. Um, I grew up in a household that wasn't necessarily the easiest. Uh, it was definitely one of those ones where it was a, like a sink or swim. We often refer to ourselves as a functionally dysfunctional family. And, uh, you know, we just kind of got by, right? And I was very much shaped by the world. <clears throat> I was definitely not a, uh, I was not raised in a Bible-believing home. Um, you know, we often just didn't even think about church. And so my church was the world. And so being raised in that environment, <clears throat> excuse me, with the with the understanding of how my family worked, I mean, insecurities just really took root early on in my in my childhood. And so one day I just remember I happen-chanced, over at my friend's house, and I mean, I'm going to date myself when I say this, but the way that I was introduced to pornography was printed magazines. I mean, mine was a Playboy. You know, it was it was like forever ago. It was like not nearly as rampantly easy to get a hold of it now with these devices in our hand. And so anyway, over the course of the year, or over the course of the year, it's just it never was enough, right? Because it's sort of like whenever you <clears throat> do anything for the first time, 
you know, you never get that same satisfaction yeah. for each subsequent mm-hmm. time. Like you've got to do it more and more and more, and it's gotta be more risque and stuff like that. And so of course that, um, the, 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 the fact of looking at that, it gave me the fantasy world that I guess I really needed to overcome these insecurities of like not believing, you know, any of the truths that I now do being in my walk with God, the way I am now, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. That's- yeah. You know, it's it, one thing you just said, and I don't mean to interrupt you, um, uh, but uh, there's a sermon series um, uh, uh, by Stephen Furtick called Choosing Your Chains. Yeah. <clears throat> and what you just said really reminded me of that because uh, no matter whether we de- we're dealing with sin or insecurity or whatnot, you know, that insecurity doesn't start as a chain that it eventually wraps you up because if Satan came at us with a chain, we'd run away, That's right? Yeah. We're smart Absolutely. enough. Absolutely. But he comes at us with one link of that chain called a choice. And then that one choice turns into a habit. And then that habit turns into automatic. And that turns into our identity. And then that becomes our very nature. And before you know it, we're in a chain. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, continue, Frank. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but, you know, it's it's interesting that you said that. No, by all means. I mean, like, this isn't just my conversation, right? This is all of us. So, yeah. you know, if you have to interrupt or whatever and interject and you just have a moment where the spirit wants to talk, then do it. So, um, but, uh, but so anyway... Um, you know, fast forward through probably high school, if you will, it was still, of course, just something that was considered regular, right? So, you know, it's a, I'm a child in the nineties or the eighties and the nineties. And so, um, I found like peace, if you will. And I hate to say that word peace because it was a false peace, of course. Right. So, but I felt peace in having this like alter ego is what it felt like. And so like, since I was able to actually act in this alter ego, well then that 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 insecurity that that just feeling of i'm going to be found out or whatever would often disappear because the problem is that i became really really good at lying mm-hmm. and that's another thing that i didn't realize that i was a very very good person with um is that i became very good at hiding the guilt and hiding the shame because that's quite true. honestly i didn't even have it you know what i mean so it was like i could literally look at myself as like the superhero of pornography because I was able to hide myself in that identity, like you were just saying. Yeah. I was able to hide that identity because it got to that point easily by the time I was in my high school years. And then even in college, of course, it just blew up at that point. And we'll get to that in a second. But it it was like I literally could like be mild-mannered Clark Kent. And then I felt like Superman when I wanted to be. And so like because that was so ingrained in me is that like I just – I felt – a very, very wrong sense of power because of that. So all of those insecurities that I would have had, had I not had that alter ego that I had created, that facade that I created, all of that was not going to be manifested because I was able to cover it with all, all of this, how I felt in my fantasy world, if that makes sense. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's something that I actually have written down that you just, um, happened to kind of mention. And it's how, how often, and this happens actually a lot in churches, um, and I've done it in the past, where we develop this mask, you know, this, yeah. this, this, uh, the, I call it the mask of confidence, you know, where if we act a certain part, or if we look a certain part, or uh, in your cases, it was you, um, you know, acting before your peers or your teachers or your parents. Um, and I seen in the church and I've done it in the church, like I said, uh, so, and as long as you look like you're good, as long as you have this facade that you're good, as long as you have this, uh, perception, uh, this 
it's weird that we have a perception of the people's perceptions, you know? Yeah. So, um, as long as that, uh, is put, is well put together, then we're all right. Yeah. You know, and we, we tend to just live in that space of, uh, of just lying to ourselves. And then that we get so used to living like that, that we just walk and talk and act uh, according to that lie, as long as nobody can find out what we do in secret. Yeah. You know, so it's, and that's such a dangerous place to, to, uh, to live. Well, um, I think people think that just because we go to church and just because we run into these super spiritual, we'll call them people, yeah. yep. um, who say all the right things and, um, God is good all the time, all the time, God is good. Yeah. Um, you know, it, some of the biggest pain. And most screwed up people that you'll ever meet in your life are in the four walls of a church. Absolutely. Yeah. So don't 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 just think because it's in a church. That's one thing I love about Catalyst, not to plug Catalyst again, but we seem to do that every week because we love Catalyst. Yeah. But one thing I love about Catalyst people during our sharing time is just how vulnerable people allow themselves Absolutely. to be. Absolutely, it's right? so good, so refreshing. It, it, it is because I think that it's a lot of times, as we've said plenty of times on this podcast, that some of the things that we go through aren't even meant for our breakthrough that what i'm dealing with right now might be meant for eli's breakthrough and what eli's dealing with may be meant for jess's breakthrough so um i love the vulnerability because you're allowed to just be you and you're allowed to see oh okay i'm not the only one dealing with this right yeah i think when it comes to churches people have like this um idea of like the whoever is involved to church has to be perfect it has to be you know with no sins and no mistakes and not like no weaknesses and no insecurities but they don't know that that's the hardest part because you need to be an example for your fellow christians but you also need to be an example for the world when you go out um through the week because we forget that church is not only sundays it's like also monday to sat through saturday so what people are looking are you then like perceiving what are you doing your actions what are you looking at what are you talking to like whatever it is so for me that that's where my insecurities come because I, i'm always thinking about what people think about me mm. and i want to like project this image of like oh jess has it all, everything under control he's like you know he's a one-man show like he can do everything like but like the, the reality is that you need that um, community. You need that a person to be vulnerable with and be comfortable with. And it's really hard on the church because unfortunately the church is the first one that judges you. Yeah, yeah. Like if you go to another person at church, to another elder, say, hey, I'm having issues with porn. They were like, there was a you, you sinner, get out of here. Right, right, right. There's no way we can talk to you because it's like a taboo. Right. But if you go to church and say, hey, I have a problem with porn and that person is able to sit down and say, hey, um, I was there too, but this is how I did to overcome that. This is what I did yeah. to like to help to get in, get it, you know, get out of that situation. So I don't know how we can get into that point as a church. Well, um, I, I think the scary things, and not that not that every insecurity deals with porn, but that's right. that's what. But Frank it's a common, did. it's a common right. one, it's, and it's common and, with men. I mean, let's be honest. Men. Yeah, yeah I it mean, is. There's sexual, there's, sexual immorality. Yeah. Uh, and, Immorality. Immor- there we go. There we go. Yeah. I'm not sure what the first That's word was. The, but the that, Spanish part of me just right. came out. I don't know what cho- happened. <laughs> it was like, it was a choo choo. So, yeah. <laughs> so I think the scary thing, the, the reason why porn, and I, 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 this is not theologically sound, so I apologize ahead of time, but I would venture to say that Satan attacks every man with porn at some point in their life. Yeah. And the reason I think why that that might be a conduit that Satan uses 
is because where do we struggle most with our insecurities? It's not out in front of people. It's alone in our room, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And most men are not going to watch porn in their living room, right? You know, yeah. they're going to go into their own room where they're private, where they're alone. And when when you deal with something alone, secluded from everyone, there's no outlet, right? There's no there's no way to overcome it, right? Unless you have some sort of blocker, like right, or some sort of miracle, right? Yeah. So, Frank, when when did what what was the circumstance, or what when when did you discover that porn was no longer just something small in your life, but it it had significant consequences in your life? So probably the best answer to that <clears throat> is that I, I just want to do my best to kind of give you the ESPN highlight film of how it grew, you know, exponentially in my life. And so it became validated for the first time. I remember almost as if it was yesterday is when I found my stash of my brothers and my father. That was when it became validated. That was when it was like, okay, what I'm doing is actually okay. Because my brothers and my dad are doing it. And so I became so good at covering that insecurity. Actually, what as soon as Eli started talking, a great, co- a great comment from C.S. Lewis just came into my brain. And I just read it the other day as I was reading it in my Bible because I, I just so happen to have a Bible that has those little postscripts, if you will, from C.S. Lewis that kind of scattered throughout it. And it said that a person doesn't understand the sheer terror of sin until they're about to be found out. Wow. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. And so it was like, I, I, I got so, I mean, like I said, I'm dating myself here, guys. I mean, like we're talking about, like I went through different media. Um, if you're struggling with pornography right now, I mean, I get it because it's literally at your fingertips. But I mean, like when I was a kid, I had to go searching for it. And so, um, yes, VHS tapes were what we, you know, when I used to look at when I was in, um, in high school. And so, I had to remember what part of the VHS tape for my brother and my father where it was and bring it back to that particular spot. That's how good I was at covering up the need of making sure that I was not being caught because, of course, they were going to ask me if I was the one that was watching it. Yeah, right? yeah. So I had to bring the VHS tape right to that. I didn't have a DVD at that point. I mean, of course, DVDs came shortly after that, but I had to literally cover my tracks. And the thing was, is that the more time that went through, that's when I got better at it. I was like, wow, I'm a really good liar. I'm really great at covering this up. And this is battling that insecurity of saying like, I'm not being caught. I'm like a superhero. You know what I mean? Like I really thought that in my mind is I was like, I can, I'm good. I was like, nobody ever needs to know, you know, straight laced Frank is, has this unbelievably wildfire tendency to sin like this in private but man, in high school, I was like, uh, played sports. I was a, I was like above a average student. I mean, I graduated with like over a 4.0 when I graduated. And I do remember that they rewarded, uh, everybody who had graduated with over a 4.0 in my senior year. And I remember one of the moms walked up to my father and said, you know, I would have never known that your son was as brilliant as he was. And I, once again, it was just another tally mark that I was able to put up like, boy, they sure don't know what I do on my off time. You know what I mean? Like I have this perfect mask that like they just don't know about. And I was really good at putting up lots and lots of masks. Well, I think that's when sin, sin is it's at its scariest is when you're so good at it yeah. that it doesn't even register a sin with you no more. Yep. Right? It's like 
of course I can lie. It, it becomes to be something so normal that yeah. you and so used to it's it. It's your nature. It's your nature yeah. that you Correct. don't see it that is evil. You don't see the sin of it. Um, and that's really dangerous because sometimes you like you do something bad and it's a mistake and you know it's a mistake but you're doing it so frequently that it doesn't you kind of like feel immune of the sin yeah like it doesn't hurt you and that's a really dangerous place that's a very dangerous place to be because to it, be. if you if you don't feel yourself sinning yeah then, if you feel convicted then right, that's just, right. Exactly. there is a problem exactly so frank fast forward a couple of years um you, you you're 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 living in this sin you're good at it um you you you, you can hide it from everyone no one knows it um when was there a rock bottom moment or was there a moment where you realized uh, I'm screwing up here? Well, let's just be honest. Um, I didn't know God, right? So I did not understand what truth really was. I mean, the truth was, like I said, I was raised by the world. So it was like I just continued into college and that was like adding gasoline to an already really burning fire. Um, it exploded at that point. And uh, it was like between that and then joining the military. Because after I graduated from college, I um, went on. And by the way, my compulsions were not just satisfied, of course, with pornography at that point. I mean, at that point, I was like full out like dating, you know, dating around, if you want to call it. Like, I'm not going to euphemize it. I was with multiple folks and blah, blah, blah and all these things. And then... It just nothing could satisfy that, right? So, like, um, at, at at one point, you know, now fast forward into when I um, got back from uh, deployment number one, and I had met your amazingly, um, just unbelievable wife, which you can, I could talk for hours about your, your wife, not my wife. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. My so sister. therefore, She's so the therefore. It's like, because I apologize, because my brain is just, of course, now going so fast that it's like, you know, I might inadvertently put the wrong pronoun in. But um, so when I met Jackie, I was at a point in my life that if she didn't come in when she did, I don't think I'd be here to tell you the story right wow. now. That's amazing. Because she actually was the first interjection of Jesus's truth into my life. Yeah. All right. So I was probably about, I mean, she's going to kill me if I can't remember this. I think I was like 25, maybe 26 years old when we first started talking. Since I was back in 2004, yeah, 2004, Six. 2005 was when we first started really talking. No, it was 2005, 2006 when we really first started talking. Thank you. So, um, yeah, it's like I'm glad you're here because you're helping me with the dates. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, Jackie. Um, but so at that point, you know, it had been just like, facade upon facade. I was really good. I mean, I was an officer in the military. Of course, it looked like I had everything squared away, yada, yada, yada. But I had this absolute, complete other kind of life that I could live. And then Jackie comes along. And that was the first time that I think the light of Jesus was actually finally shown onto my life to let me know what truth is all about. And so the first time, now we can fast forward to like 08, 09, because unfortunately, Hold when, on, let's stop there real, yeah. real quick though. Um, it's interesting always to me how when we are at our lowest, God can be, be at his greatest, right? So you, the story of your life, and we've, we've said this before, the story of each of our lives has already been written, right? We just look at it through a very incomplete picture. Yeah. The ti our timeline we don't understand, but God has it all figured out, right? Yeah. So yeah. what you're saying is God came in at the right time 
and was able to use someone else, as we just said a couple minutes ago, someone yeah. else might be used for your breakthrough. Yeah. So your breakthrough did not come through necessarily an experience with God at the altar of a church. It came through the form of my sister exposing God to you. Yes. Or exposing absolutely. you to God, yeah. I guess would be yeah. the right way to say it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was like one of those like, so we all know that the best way to get to somebody and, and tell them about the gospel of Christ is, of course, through love. Yeah. And I had not known love up until that point. That's Once so I good. finally met your sister, that is it so was good. like, it, that was it. And isn't it interesting? The whole porn industry is based around this false sense of love. Yeah, absolutely. And, it's and, a distorted way because correct that's what the devil does. It distorts uh, pr- everything. Promiscuity. Uh, yeah. What's the word? Promiscuity. Yeah. Pr- promiscuity. Um, that's just people's way of trying to fill a void, right? Yeah. They they want love so bad in their life. I, I just wrote literally right now our the need that we have for intimacy. We have we were built to be intimate. Absolutely. Right. Like when when. Mary was talking, well, when the Bible talks about Mary, excuse me, it says that Mary did not know a man, did not know Joseph, but yet the Holy Spirit impregnated her, right? So the word know, like we've been talking about, God wants to know you. It's, it's, it's a, it's an action of intimacy. You know, like God wants to intertwine himself with you to the point where something out of your oneness, something is born. You know, so um, when we don't have intimacy with God, we try to fulfill it with other things that and porn is one of those. And and out of that, uh, out of the lack of that intimacy, a lot of insecurities are are born because you you are being intimate with something. You are being intimate whether you want to or not, whether you're aware of it or not. You are always being intimate with something. Yeah. And the way that we function is we are the word Adam is, is dirt, right? So if something lies inside of you long enough, it's going to take root. Yeah. Like that's just the way we function. Like Eve came out of the Adam's rib, like from inside of him. Mm-hmm. Right. So something was born. Like God came, to, came into partnership with Adam for Eve to come. Mm-hmm. Right. So whenever we start to rely on these, uh, again, you might not be fully conscious of it. Uh, some of us are just full on transgression, you know, like they just, you know, iniquity versus transgression. Um, but when you start to know other things, you start to know pornography, you start to know uh, sexual immorality. Uh, immorality. I probably have a hard time saying that. Uh, when you start to to just know social media is a big one. Uh-huh, uh huh. Instagram, Facebook. When you start to know. Um, when you bit, start to know depression. Uh, when you start to know addiction. Absolutely. When you start to know no, alcohol. Absolutely. Well, no, it's, it's you have an intimacy with that, yeah. right? Because yeah. because replacing God with what you, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Because like, like Eli from that. Absolutely, if, and like Eli said. We were made to love. God's Jesus is when when Jesus was asked, "What are the what are the two most What's the most important commandment? Love your God, mm-hmm. and what's the sec, the love second is like others. unto it? Love like others." Like so I think when we're when we when we don't know that love of God, we may think that we know love in a different sense. But do we really know what love is until we can fully digest God's love for us? Yeah. 
Ooh. We'll just leave it right there. That is so good. I hope that you enjoyed that. I will bring you part two next week. So make sure that you share this, subscribe to our podcast. That way you can get all these tidbits on how to help your lifestyle on Unconventional Wellness Radio. So until then, have a great week, and we will see you again on the next podcast.